Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can probably see already we're joined by a very special guest. If you're listening in the traditional way, we've got the one and only Susie Perry, who's going to talk about MotoGP in a little bit more. We're going to cover Formula One, a uh, bit of controversy as per every week. And this time it's Mazepan, so no surprise there. Uh, and also NASCAR, which had a of course, bit of a controversial of finish as well. But Again. But Susie Perry, live from Qatar, uh, and all the action was going on over the weekend, of course, MotoGP, Moto2, Moto3 as well. Have you had a wonderful weekend back at work, Susie? I have to say it was uh, a welcome distraction to go back to work, and it's been three years since we've been able to be on site. So as much as Qatar probably isn't my favourite of the 21 (laughs) for um, obvious reasons, um, it was lovely to be back with the gang. It was great to be back in the water. It was wonderful to watch. Was the magnificent racing this weekend? Yeah. Yes. It's a silly circuit to me, and I don't like when you look at the television halfway through a lap. You've got no idea which corner you're in. You know, there's no, no, and then there's just that one wacky great longest straight. Do the riders like it or not? It, yeah, it's actually a really good circuit for riders for bikes for two wheels. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you'll find a rider that doesn't like it there, although okay. I always think that it must be quite difficult to find, um, oh, no. you know, breaking points. But no, they seem to really love it there. And um, okay. yeah, we always get really close, good racing. So as, as fans, you know, watching, yeah. I think it's, a, it's actually a really good circuit. Well, as always, um, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll quickly start, just start with Moto3, because I love this new British team, because I, I think I'm a bit worried we'll end up with MotoGP only mainly of Spanish or Italian riders in about five years' time. Um, a great yeah. new thing, this MotoVision, what, Vision Track Racing with, with Michael Laverty and, Ty, and Taylor McKenzie running it. And these two kids, um, Josh Waitley and Scott... Younger Ogden, people, Tiff, younger people. Uh, younger, but not kids, not kids. <laughs> He's the youngest on the field, Scott. He's only, what, 16, isn't he? No, that's 18. Scott's 18. John's 16. Yeah, Josh is 16, yeah. Um, but um, um, I saw you interview them at the end of the race, and you got, you got to tell them to lighten up a bit. I think they were so sort of... They all went, well, yeah, we didn't quite perform as well as we thought we would, because, you know, I'm very serious. You're probably oh. ter- terrified of meeting you, probably, Susie. They, they should have just been big smiles. We're Grand Prix rides. I can't believe I'm at, I'm at a Grand Prix. We'll get better, you know, as the season goes on. But they look so serious after the race. I know, Tiff. I know. We, we all we did sort of talk about it afterwards. This is, this is the uh, Vision Track Honda team, as you mentioned there, that Michael Laverty has expertly and brilliantly put together yeah. over the winter. Do you know, I, I can't actually imagine that he's been able to do this. And it's not just this team. He's also got feeder teams in Europe. And, okay. Um, all sorts of other stuff going on. And he had a baby and we think some sort of terminator. So, yeah, they need a bit more power from Honda. What they did, they put some new engines in for the first race. And they're a little bit slower than the ones that the boys have been used to during the They're a little bit disappointed. And can happen, as you know. Um, so yeah, they're going to go back to Honduras for a little bit more power and see what they can do with that. But I think it's a little bit blindsided the boys because I, I think they were expecting something more. And also, obviously, it's really overawing when you're in a world championship race as much as, you know, Scott's been racing in Europe. But I think it was just a lot 
and at the end of the race, you know, we we chatted with them expecting a bit of lighthearted and, and no. But, you know, in some ways, there's two ways of looking at it. You know, they, they take it seriously and they want it to be better and that's yeah. good. And as you say, you know, the, the character will come. Um, yeah, well, it was fam- jo- fantasy. Josh is quite, yeah, it's, it, it, it's a brilliant idea, yeah. as you say, you know, we see a jo- lot jo- of Spanish and telling John, John McPhee, who, who obviously keep on supporting him, he's, he's starting what his thirteenth year in the in the third division. Um, will he ever get out of Moto Three, John, or is he just going to be there forever? You know what, Tiff? This is his last year. You know, technically, he can't stay in oh, Moto Three really? any longer. He has to move up. And okay. Really, two years ago, you know, he should have been able to. He was promised a Moto Two ride, and he got stuffed by the team. So he's had quite a lot of bad luck over the last couple of years, and we're all keeping our fingers crossed that he has a great year. And that team, that Max Power, it's owned, you know, by Max Biaggi, it's run by Max and Philip Ertel, who are both excellent at getting riders up from Moto Three to Moto Two. They've got the brakes in Moto Two, so you know we that think it's a good bridging gap. Absolutely, everything crossed that he'll get through. And he had a decent result this weekend, so he needs to put together a campaign that's 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 strong, and then. Yeah, hopefully he'll go up to Moto2. We need him. We need him. <laughs> well, well, last year we just always been saying, you know, Sam Lowe's, Sam's our only man, and Jake's <laughs> nowhere, Jake's nowhere. Another another bad day for Jake. But Sam, again, qualified third, finished third, actually after that dramatic last corner accident that, that promoted him from fifth to third. But the yeah. good news for me was that Jake Dixon's on the pace. and t- He didn't have a very good race because he qualified seven, dropped down the field at the start. Was he in a new team and a new bike? I didn't know. How's Jake suddenly up there? Jake's gone back to Espar, who, who he knows um, from early days. And so he feels the family vibe there. And I think it's really good for Jake. He needs that. He's absolutely been on the pace during yeah. the test. And all weekend, he was right up there, top three. And then he had a couple of little, if you can have a little high side, um, two back-to-back high sides. And it threw him a bit because he'd only tested the hard tyre. So he was... Um, unwilling to try the softer tyre and I you know I think that that's that stuffed him a bit also in qualifying it was yellow flag time so he should have been much further up the grid than he started in the 11th but he did finish the race um no he started I, I think he started ninth I can't remember now but he, he finished it's seventh, the well, quite seventh but he's right down in 16th on the opening lap I was watching they got yeah. back up to 11th so to, exactly. another person to make a, a bad start Paul and I were, were watching your um your growing um, romance for the young rider in Moto3 that won the championship. Like, we couldn't help but notice you were quite affectionate towards him. Is, is Pedro Costa the new Valentino Rossi for you? This is the question. Pedro Costa in Moto2, you mean the, yeah. the previous... Now, you... I, no, I just, you know, I just can't um, put into words his brilliance from last year to come in as a rookie and win the Moto3 World Championship in the style that he did was utterly magnificent. Yeah. And that start that the he character... had at the beginning of the season was just insane, wasn't it? It was just uh, win, win, win. Where did this guy come from? It's incredible. We, we were lost for words and superlatives and, you know, we, we found ourselves just not being able to believe what we could see. So we're excited to see him in Moto2. Didn't have a great weekend. No, weekend no. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him as well. He's in a really good team. He'll come through. He'll come good. But is is he um, your next Valentino? Is he? I know you've <laughs> lost your Valentino now. Is Pedro to be your, 
your new Valentino. No, I, you know what? There's only one Valentino for me. Um, in terms of what he brought to the sport outside of the yeah. statistics, yeah. you know, his character, he's a yeah. one-off. He's like a James yeah. Hunt or a Barry Sheen. So there'll never be another Valentino. And a lot of people said to me this weekend, oh, how was it there without Valentino? Because, you know, I've never been in that paddock without him. Yeah. You know, I started my career when he started in there as well. But I feel like he hasn't really been there for the last two years. And I'm quite happy that I didn't have to try and anticipate whether he would get through Q1 to get through Q2, because I hated him dragging around at the back. I absolutely <laughs> detested it. But right. in, no, it wasn't right. But in a lot of mm. ways, you know, he is still there. His legacy is still there. He's got two winners. Yeah. So that's magnificent. And maybe his legacy will prove to be just as big as he was in Grand yeah. Prix racing. Yeah, MotoGP, though, we had for the sport. Yeah, yeah, we had sport. But we, had a, we love that about you know, MotoGP, is your interviews at the end, compared with Formula One, you know, the MotoGP, we had another sort of emotional win for Bastianini oh. and, and everybody, you know, everyone in the paddock, there always so much smiles, you know. Um, who was second? Brad Binder, you know, the big teeth, smiling, you know. Was it Paul yeah. was third, wasn't it? And then we always, everyone seems happy. You know, you don't say, oh, second the oh, tyres yeah. went off. You know, they're all grinning. And the Grassini family all in the pits in tears. It was another wonderful win in MotoGP. Yeah, it was highly charged, as you said, Tiff. And I think because it's so tight and so close in MotoGP, nobody expects to be first, second or third, they're never disappointed with being on the podium because you can never predict, you know, even if you think you've got the best race package, you can't say that it's yours to win. It's so rare now because yeah. the times are so close. So everybody is delighted when they're on the podium. And of course, it's wonderful to watch that because it makes it all feel worthwhile, yeah. isn't it? We've done the whole build, big build up as a broadcaster and then someone's standing there looking a bit pissed off. You're like, oh, for God's sake, you know, at least <laughs> smile. So, yeah, it was, and we all had tears in our eyes because of the Grassini story. And, yeah. you know, obviously Fausto's wife taking over the team, being the team's principal. And it's been so long since they'd had a victory. And, and, and Nea Bastianini is one to watch this year because he's been coming stronger and stronger last year. And he's a great character. And he sort of not shunned the Valentino route, but he didn't take that route. He went his own way. And that's also great, you know, to have that story going on. So much to talk about. Lovely to tell all these stories. I, know. I mean, in Formula One, I, you know, we keep on wanting you know, to have spare cars or last year's cars about the grid bit. I mean, these are all these satellite teams, Grassini and now Ducati. So Ducati have got two satellite teams. Um, have they got the same bikes? Are they on last year's bikes? I never quite understand if the satellite bikes are as good as the factory bikes. They're, they're much tighter, they're much closely, close, more closely aligned than they used to be. Um, there used to be quite a big drop-off between satellite and factory. Now they're very much factory bikes, factory-backed. I think the difference is probably the number of people that are in the garage, the number of data engineers and that kind of thing. Um, but with Ducati, it's so complicated this year because they brought the 22 bike um, Peco Bagnaia didn't really like the power delivery on it, so they've softened it a little bit. They've gone, the, we think, quite a long way back to the 21 bike. So you effectively, with the eight Ducatis on the grid, which is a third of the grid, yeah. they've got three different carnations, incarnations of the Ducati. So you've got the, the full-on 22 bike, which is what the Pramac boys have got, and, yeah. and then you've got this softened 22 bike, which is the factory boys, and then you've got the bike, which, by the way, was utterly brilliant. 
and again with him. Sometimes yeah. you maybe don't need to change it too much, eh? Yeah, amazing. It's it's good they were very busy taking each other out, certainly a couple of the factory Ducati. <gasps> and also, yeah. um, one of the Suzuki's, which is unheard of, uh, faster in a straight line than the Ducati, which hasn't been the that for years and years. I know, right? This was a big talking point before we got to qualifying. And also the average speed was really fast. Jaime had this great average speed. Um, it's, it's, it's wonderful and we, we want more manufacturers up there. We definitely want Suzuki up there. We saw Jaramir, you know, he had a pretty decent pace. If you haven't qualified so far back, um, then that could have been a different story. On, on qualifying day, there was this horrible headwind, which really affected all the inline four bikes. The, the V4s could sort of punch their way through, if you like. And yeah, it was disappointing to have headwind because we were really hoping that the, the Yamahas and the Suzuki's would be up there. But hey, you know, we had three different manufacturers on the podium in the end, and uh, it's it's great to watch. And it's a long it was season, good. and it's the first one of 21. Yeah, well, it's because the Honda back at the front, they have, they've had a bit of a lackluster time for a while. But whereas um, Yamaha, you know, Quattararo was 10th and 11th, they didn't, they're not looking so good at all. Yeah, they're really struggling, Yamaha, and it's the same story with them. The riders keep on asking for more power, more speed, more power. It goes back to Valentino every single year. The way they develop the bike, they say that it's an evolution and not a revolution. I, maybe they should have a look at a revolutionary bike, because at the moment, <laughs> you know, they're relying very much on, on their riders purely, and I think in this field that they can't, but it's, it's going to be really interesting to see who advances more over the yeah. next few rounds. The first four are flyaways. You know, you, you can never really get a good feel for how the rest of the season is going to go. But, you know, we'll see. I'm sorry for the noise. I'm at Heathrow Airport. No, I know. I know you're in trouble. We're going to let you go. I know we're going to let you go. One quick question back. Um, will Mark Marquez ever be as good again? Where, 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 where do you all feel Mark is at the moment? Really hard to tell, Tiff, to be honest. But from what we've seen so far, I actually thought he could have won this weekend. You know, definitely, definitely going to be challenging for the title this year. And if he, if he does manage to crack it, this is going to be one of the greatest comebacks of all time with what he's had to put up with. Um, with my mum head on, I'm slightly concerned about him coming off that bike and landing his head. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Really, you can't take the human emotion out of this as, as professional as we all try to be. He yeah. cannot have any big accidents this year. Susie, one final what? question. I know you've got to get a flight, but um, when was the last time you rode a motorbike yourself? <laughs> yeah, no. This is an embarrassing story. Last year, I was off-roading, filming, and I came off the bike and broke my leg. That was the last time I was riding a motorbike. <laughs> oh, Twitter. I saw the plaster on your Twitter again. Yeah. That was why I didn't know it was a motorcycle. That's very much. Now, you're off just the last thing, because you're off to Mandalinka in Indonesia in two weeks' time. And yeah. it, they call it a they call it a street track. But I've looked on 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 in internet. It's not a street track at all. It's a permanent track, isn't it? So it's a bit misleading calling it a street track. Yeah, I haven't been there yet. We might be going on, on um, Tuesday um, mm. Tuesday morning. So I don't know. Uh, I can't really give you too much information other than that the World Superbike Boys went last year. They liked the track. Um, so they've tested there, the MotoGP boys, so they seem to um, like it, although they said it's so hot, it's unbelievable. Well, well I was just about um, to we'll say, see, before but... you go, can I help you before you pack? I looked at the weather forecast for you. On all of the next 10 days, 
It is 85 degrees every day, <laughs> and there are thunderstorms every day. Thunderstorms, thunderstorms, thunderstorms. I mean, yeah. is, is that normal for this time of year? And if so, why on earth are you going there at this time of year if, it, if it's thunderstorms every day? It's the same all year. You just get that storm at the same time of day every single day. It's like when you're in Malaysia in Japan, you get yeah, that the, rainfall the, and, you end, know, end of the day, Exactly. We normally get a dew point, which is why they brought the race forward this weekend. So they have these kind of characteristics in the different places that we that we go to. Just checking out Mr. Fly, because I'm going to blame you for having no road. Well, you better, all right. um, Make sure you pack a pack a brolly with your bikini. That's all I'm saying. You need. I need a brolly boy. I need a brolly boy. Do you fancy it? I'm there, Susie. I'm there. I'm for you. I'm there. I'll go steering. I'll get out there. You got two volunteers, Susie. But safe flight. Thanks for joining us. We'll, yeah. Uh, thank you very much. We'll 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 Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Sorry for the state. We'll speak to you soon. Lots of love. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye bye. So, Tiff, in other news, um, Mad- See, there's someone who knows things. Isn't that amazing? She knows. Yeah, I mean, it. it's, it's, that's why she's like the Murray Walker was to me in Formula One. I'm obviously not as old, you know, but you know, Murray had that passion for his sport and he knew it in and out, you know. And passion and knowledge, brings. yeah, yeah, enthusiasm, yeah. All, all the key yeah. ingredients that uh, you expect and want. Uh, as a punter watching your, your favourite sport. In talking of favourite sports, she's a Wolves fan. They lost 2-0 over the weekend and Saints yeah, lost nice. to another... To another yeah, 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 okay. Four nil. Lift lift the weekend. Yeah. I wasn't going to mention that. No, no. Funny enough, Bristol <laughs> City lost to Birmingham as well, so all the Midlands teams. Um, so where were we? We're Mazipan. Now, I said last week, should the Russian athletes, not just in Formula 1, drivers, athletes, be penalised for this horrible stuff that's going on in the world? And I was sort of on the fence because I always try and see the best in people, but I think it's without question the right decision. And I, I think teams, teams, I agree, should be banned. You can't represent a team. But I think individual sports, whether tennis players or you know, it's so difficult. Darts players or golfers. I think as a as a driver, I don't think he would have got booed a lot, and nobody gets booed a lot anyway. Okay. I think it's the money. The money's gone. The reason why he's quit is the yeah. money's not. You know, he's lost his Russian money. The team know that he's, you know, he's not the best driver out there, so um, he's gone. But it depends if we're going to be, if we're going to penalise Russia and make it difficult for them, which clearly the, the West are trying to do, or the world is trying to do, then that's another way to get at them. I guess is is to do that. And and what's his what's his opinion on it? Is he is he pro? Is he is well, he for? No. Is he against? So and that well, makes did, a huge difference as well. So. Um, I mean, so, I, I'm not, I see that the, there's an um, LMP2, a Le Mans team that, that were withdrawn. He's pulled out. The Russian called Roman Rustinov. He's got his G-force, G-something, G-something, G, forgotten the second word. Uh, LMP2, two-carton Kvyat was going to drive for him this year. He's withdrawn because he won't. You know, the FIM said, if you do this and do that and do that, and you can't go on the podium and can't have them. So he says, I'm not going to play. So we've lost him. My brother's Barwell team, um, it was a Russian driver in his team that won the British GT Championship last year. And he doesn't know what he's going to do, the Russian. He's in Russia. He can't come over at the moment to test drive the car. Um, and he worries that if he turned up, you know, he's going to be a lot of animosity towards him. You know, every Russian's getting this treatment at the moment, you know, whether you say it's good or bad. So very awkward stuff. Um, but I think, you know... But is going to be... Is he going to be lost? Uh, is he going to be lost? Yeah, he's gone. He's no. gone. He's gone. No, he's I mean, gone. Who's going to take his seat? I think that's the... What? Who would you like to take his seat? For me... Uh, Pistari, Pist- Oscar. Piastri, Piastri, yeah. Thank you. Um, well, I did great tweets. I did, I, I did polls. I've, I've done polling all weekend. <laughs> Uh, well, Halkenberg, even with Piastri or others, I, I brought up some former E drivers, you know, like De Vries, who I think is really good, Frins, Van Dorm. 
every time though the public still wants um the hulk back um indycar drivers i offered you know callum illett was a ferrari uh, academy driver of course the the, the it's still a ferrari engine team so there might be an academy driver link but now the public still want hulk back and i think yeah. I actually think it's not a bad idea because, you know, Hulk, um, Schumacher's still an unknown quantity, cars are new. And I, I always want, like you really, prefer, preferably a youngster to have this opportunity to be a Grand Prix driver because there's so few chances. But I think the team might need a Hulk in there would be my choice, my suggestion. OK, I get I get that, yes, because I want I want the young guns to come and have a, a bit of a shot, the hot shots rookies come and have a shot. Of course, at the moment, they've got their own, um, even their rookie I don't approve of, because they've got Pietro Fittipaldi, this wonderful name, Emerson Fittipaldi, one of the greatest drivers ever, a real star. Uh, and Pietro's been their reserve driver for about three or four years now, because he did two Grand Prix after Grosjean crashed. It was Pietro that filled in that place and ran around at the back of the grid for a couple of Grand Prix. But he's done nothing against high-level single-seater formula. He won the Formula Renault 3-5 championship when there was nobody in it. It was on its way down. So he's really got a very average, you know, profile for his previous racing. So he probably brings money and stuff. But uh, he's not the greatest young lad, sadly, Pietro. So who do you think should be uh, taking the seat I don't know, it was a Giovinazzi, Ferrari again, the Ferrari link could bring Giovinazzi back. Well, yeah, it's all you, the you, you've, already, you've already told me you you want the Hulk. I mean, who do you, the, oh, you, the, the you, listeners, oh, listeners, the listeners, 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 who listeners, do you, who do you should have... Uh, Got to be clearer than that. Got. You can't just throw who do you <laughs> when you're talking at me on a screen. Who do you? I'm, I'm, you lots I'm, of I'm, things, you know. Um, Illett, Callum Illett, as I said earlier, you know, bring him back. He'd love to have a Grand Prix chance. I think, you know, but obviously, it's all, it's all down to money and what manufacturers, what contracts the drivers that are available are on. Piastri, of course, uh, Alpine signed up. And all, they've, all these juniors, they're any good, have got a contract with Mercedes or Red Bull or something. How exciting, so, though, if you're on the fringe, if you're there, there or thereabouts, you just this little glimmer of hope now that you may get a seat. How, how exciting. And, and uh, we shall follow that one with... with <laughs> the other thing in Formula 1, I've tweeted again. I'm in trouble again. I've done it again because... Sky were advertising their year's review of last year and I, I just tweeted so I wouldn't want to watch other single minutes of last year I don't want any memories of last year ever and oh boy it's, it's still going mental at this moment now from it's amazing it's gonna you know it's a lasting thing that's gonna go right into this year every time anything happens it's gonna every be every single and... time it's gonna be fascinating this year how it all pans out as well i can't wait it's two weeks time we're gonna have the season start formula one all over again uh, in the meantime nascar had a bit of a controversial finish didn't it yes but it was your... well, in fact it was another brilliant race I and mean, these new generation cars they're they're tricky they're tricky there's a bump that they were racing at um the weather out last week, another over. Oh, um, Las Vegas, baby, Vegas. And there's always a bit of a bump on these tracks. And these guys were losing control, kicking. They'd like drifting at 175 miles an hour before they eventually spin out and puncture all the tyres. Um, it was a great race, again, with lots of different drivers and teams coming to the front at a certain stage. But in the end, it was Kyle um, Bush's race to win. Not Kyle Larson. You're amazed, aren't you? I can see it wasn't Kyle Larson. <laughs> Kyle Bush, the Toyotas, him and Martin Truex Jr. with about 15 laps to go were out front. And the race was over. But it's a bit like what happened in Abu Dhabi. Now, this happens regularly in, in NASCAR. Because when there's a red flag or an incident, a yellow flag, they always finish the race with a race. 
maybe Massey had been watching NASCAR. They always have this green-white checker. There's always another two-lap race, however long it takes to clear up the red flag debris and everything. Um, so poor old Bush was cruising to a win when uh, Jones, it was, had a problem spun out. Out came the yellows. And bizarrely, they all came in. So everyone comes in, top up a fuel if you need it, fresh tyres if you've got them. And most of the field on the lead lap went for four tyre, four new wheels, except the Chevrolet boys of Larson and co the Hendrick team who only done two so all of a sudden the three Chevys were out front of poor old Carl Bush and um it didn't work his way and the Chevys went to the front and Larson was leading and Larson was halfway in the lead round halfway around the last lap and halfway in the lead and halfway in the lead until Alex Bowman creeped up inside him and beats the number five so Alex Bowman was the Hendrick driver to win this weekend with Carl Larson about a car lengths behind him, a Bush, a very frustrated third. But it's amazing because, funny enough, Larson won the shootout. So he's you know, he my favourite driver. He won the shootout because of a last-minute yellow. He wasn't going to win the shootout at the end of last season. And it's actually sort of, it's just a fact of life in NASCAR. Except what happened to Lewis is what happened regularly in, in so NASCAR. You win, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, and the rules written that way. You know it's going to happen. You know, you yeah. know, you're, you, you're driving around the lead with three laps to go and saying, please don't be a yellow, please don't have a yellow, please don't have a yellow, <laughs> out comes a yellow. Oh, oh. And then, of course, you're all in pace car form and then you've got to decide, do I now, do I stay with my track position? It's great tactics. If you stayed out, you know, you're going to you're going to start from pole, but you've got four well-used tyres. And... Others decide to come in and go for four tyres or two tyres. So a lot of strategy comes into the decisions to be made before we all come rumbling out again for the, the famous green, green white checker um, finish. So it's part of, yeah, it's part of NASCAR and they just have to accept it. Comes and goes in roundabouts. And do the drivers Entertainment. like it? I guess you like it if you're not. Well, they're frustrated. Yeah. You know, yeah. they just know that, you know, I think as long as you live with it and you know that that's the rule, then you accept that some days you'll win and some days you'll lose. It's just part of the show and part of the way they run NASCAR. Fair enough. So in terms of uh, racing assignment, how did, um, how did it stack up in NASCAR this weekend? Yeah, it was another really good race. You know, so much overtaking and all these restarts, a lot of people spinning out yellows and restarts and three wide. And, and the cars, I mean, some of the saves we saw, you know, they hit the bump and the back steps out and they're grabbing the opposite lock at 175 miles now. They shoot up the hill and they might hit another car and, um, these cars are very tricky. It's what I think they wanted, the cars to be a bit more drive-orientated, and, and there's certainly that at the moment. And as it's the only racing in the coming weekend, <laughs> try to get onto um, Premier Sport or go and borrow someone's account, because they're at a one-mile track this weekend, Phoenix. So nobody else is racing in the world, apart from some national racing, so it's the only motor race of international repute. Except I do apologise if anyone from Aussie supercars. We don't go there, mainly because we've got so many sports and motorsports to look at and also because it's at night time so you never get to see it live i always like to watch motorsport live but aussie supercars is the best touring car formula in the world and uh i doff my hat to the board and, and perhaps we should try and add some more supercar stories but uh, it takes me long enough to work out where i'm at anyway <laughs> uh, yeah that's the other, but we got formula one testing of course for the um Bahrain. for the formula one fans they're out of bahrain for it's thursday friday saturday um, Pietro Fittipaldi is definitely in the car for the Haas test to be announced today. But he I think he'll probably he'll do, race yet. He's no, just... I, th I think he'll do that first I race. So. I mean, it depends how, depends how many problems they're testing, but uh, I think it's most likely he'll do that first race and then 
who knows? Maybe he beats Schumacher and they, maybe he is, maybe it's better than I think. You know, you, you can't always be right in this world when you look at stats. Stats aren't everything. There's but, not a um, chance that he's going to beat Schumacher. I could tell you that now. There's not a yeah. chance. And maybe, yeah, maybe with a bit more experience, but um, no, you can't, you, you're not, he's not going to just jump into that and, and beat his. No, no, we'll see. We'll never see. know. <laughs> um, and NASCAR, where are they next, next week, Tiff? As Phoenix, the Phoenix, the one mile. So it's a, okay. a very different track, hardly any banking at all. And uh, nobody knows yet they haven't raced these cars. I think they had a test there, actually. So maybe they know a bit about how these new cars work at the new, at the one mile Phoenix overboard. So will it be at night time? Because it's going to be hot in Phoenix. It's, it's hot no, they're already, running here. They don't, it's about NASCAR boys. They're hot. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the short, you know, the, the really short half mile ovals, but they're breaking nonstop. They have big wooden blocks under their racing booties. I remember um, when Pablo Montoya, Montoya, when we did a documentary for Fifth Gear, when we were out uh, filming for the 500, he told, he told the story. I had these booties, I had these blocks, I had these heat shields. You're going to have to talk, I've got someone at my door. Please. You're going to have to say goodbye, because <laughs> well, i got someone at my door. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Paul. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Cheers.